Buenos días, gloria a Dios. You want to come translate for me? No, we won't do that. We do a lot. Buenos días, good morning, gloria a Dios, praise the Lord. It's a blessing to be here. Um, since I walked in the door, is a, there's a, a, a faith, there's an expectation. This is not church. Um, a couple years ago, I had a really, really clear word in Mexico City that the young lions are hungry. And I know that that's a verse out of Psalm 34. And um, for those who are Bible school students or study a little more out of context, but the Lord said the young lions are hungry. And as I prayed about it, the clear word I got, the young lions are the adolescents and the youth, still younger than most of you that are here. And uh, they're hungry. And what are they hungry for? They're hungry for the authentic. They're hungry for a real experience with the living God, with Jesus Christ. They don't want religion. They don't just want tradition. They don't just want to do things the way we always had to do it or as an obligation. And I see that this church, as I walked in here, is an instrument in the hands of God to reach the young lions, Elijah. So get ready. Get ready. I'm talking like 12 years old to maybe uh, 21 years old. And, 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 and you know, every, every year that goes by, they get a year older too. But the young lions in this area are hungry. There's a generation that's hungry. Doesn't want religion and doesn't want just tradition, wants something real. And if this church is here and it's going to provide something real, which is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and a real purpose to live, not just only a purpose-driven church, but this is a Holy Spirit-driven church. Amen. Having said all that, um, greetings from Mexico City. <laughs> greetings from the Tierra Prometida, Promised Land Church in Mexico City. Um, really, it's always a blessing to get away and to be here and to see what the Lord is doing in other places and to learn. I've been learning the last three days. Uh, my wife's going to come pray for me and pray for the moms. She's a mom. <laughs> I won't embarrass anybody here. But if you can believe it, this young man was... <laughs> Good morning to you all. And uh, blessings to you, every mother that's here, every future mother. And so, Father, you are holy. You are holy, holy, holy. And today, Lord God, the word that you placed on my husband's heart, that you placed on your son's heart, Lord God... May it cultivate in us, Lord God, a sense of maturity, maturing in you and through you and what you want to do, Lord. And may your name be praised and may you be exalted today, Lord God. And we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood, Lord God. We're not here, Lord God, because we're so good, Lord God. But we serve a good God. And you love us, Lord. And you're not mad, Father God, that you're so in love with us, Father. And we thank you for this love, Lord God. Your unending love, Lord God, over each mother, future mother, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that you've placed on my husband's heart, Lord God. In your precious, wonderful name, amen. Amen. Sure. 35 years. Husband and wife. If anybody's close to that or more than that, you should say amen. 
That's like the grace and the faithfulness of the Lord. 35 years ago, 30, almost 35 years ago, 1988, uh, November, with a box of books and one suitcase, we left Los Angeles, California for Mexico City. And we're still there. Our son was born in Mexico. We have a daughter, Rebecca, born in Mexico. Our, my beautiful daughter-in-law. You think daughters are good? Have a daughter-in-law. <laughs> my beautiful daughter-in-law, Elen Flores, is also here with us this morning. And that, just that testimony, 35 years of being married, 34 years in Mexico, serving the Lord God is faithful. Let's, we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. When we left for Mexico, back then you'd make these little cards that people could put in the refrigerator. One Instagram and a lot of other really good things today. So we made a little card and they said, what verse do you want? And Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, Jesus said, in Jerusalem, Samaria, all Judea, and to the very end of the earth. And we have been still with that verse, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a human power. It's not a, uh, an experienced power. It's every day by day. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I want to start with Ephesians 5.18. Pastor Elijah asked me to, uh, you told me what you've been on, the Holy Spirit, a sanctified life, a whole Christ-like life. And believe me, we're power-assisted. <laughs> We're not human-assisted to live this life. Ephesians 5.18. Love this verse. Anybody here maybe knows one part of this verse. It starts out saying, don't be drunk with wine. <laughs> Some of us could relate to that. Now, years later, when I'm in a restaurant or I'm somewhere in evangelism and there's a couple guys or gals getting drunk, I mean, it's just like boring. I mean, they say the stupidest things and they think they're saying the smartest things and they think they're so cool. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. But if somebody is drunk with alcoholic beverages, it's obvious that to everybody, even people on the other side of the room, that they are under the influence of something. Obviously, it's not something good. But the, in, in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine that leads to a wasted life or dissipation, but it says, be filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God. The message says, don't be drunk with wine, but drink the Spirit. <laughs> but there's a, when somebody is under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it should also be notable all the way across the room <laughs> or when you walk into a room. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, Genesis First verse that talks about the Spirit of God. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. Another version says, I like it, the earth was a total waste and utterly desolate, filled with inky darkness. I relate that to my life. Before knowing Jesus Christ, before knowing the Spirit of God, my life was desolate and a waste. But even then, the Bible says in Genesis, but the Spirit of the God hovered, or if you hear me uh, uh, tripping over my words, it's, this is the first time I've speak to, preached in English in quite a while. <laughs> it's Espanol. El Espíritu de Dios estaba moviendo sobre la faz de la tierra. That's a little better, right? That helped me out. Whew, that helped me out. Holy Spirit, come. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Whew. Help me, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. 
My life relates to being a desolate and a waste. But the, Holy, the first work of the Holy Spirit in our life is just like in Genesis 1, 2. It, the, 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 in a theological term and in the Gospel of John, it's conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit comes in and shines a light and convicts us of, of we're not where we're supposed to be at all. A lot of, as, as I went from bad to worse, something good happened in my family. My mom, who was a United Methodist Sunday school supervisor, but really didn't have that relationship with the Lord. When I was about 15 and started to rebel by smoking marijuana and going out, my, my, my mom got in a community Bible study and was zapped by the Holy Spirit. And we knew everything changed in our house from that day on. She would have people in the house. She would have prayer groups in the house. And I would come home and I couldn't even go in my, I felt I couldn't even go in the living room when I saw the cars of, the, of her friends parked there because they were in there praying. I'd go out back and sit by the shed like, Mom, I can't even come in my house. But there was a, from way back then, there was a conviction of sin. And you know, if you have somebody praying for you, did you know that the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous parent or a righteous mother avails a lot? How many know a, a praying mom? How many have had a praying mom? I talked to my mom this morning. She's 93 years old. Happy Mother's Day. I did it before. She wouldn't get a text. I'm not going to use these cell phones. She's living with my niece, and they had to put a landline in because my mom doesn't want to use it. 93 doesn't want to use a phone. I called her, and first she goes back, way back. She says, you know, when you and your brothers and sisters, there wasn't disposable diapers. I'm saying, Mom, I wanted a blessing. Pray for me. I'm preaching this morning. She said, we had to wash all those cloth diapers, and there wasn't automatic washing machines either. <laughs> and I said, Mom, I'm going to be preaching about the Holy Spirit. And she said, tell them that when you went from bad to worse, the Holy Spirit gave me peace. The Holy Spirit kept me in perfect peace. My mom interceded for me for over 12 years. Whew. I'll get to that. Lord bless the praying mothers. Be encouraged. <laughs> I saw a few here that could be mothers and maybe one or two that could be grandmothers besides my wife. <laughs> be encouraged. Your prayers are not in vain. Conviction of sin. When I got arrested, I went from bad to worse. Uh, I, I, I went to the university. I love sports, but I started smoking marijuana. They said this will lead to harder drugs. I laughed. It did lead to harder drugs. With a, some friends, we started selling drugs in the university, and we had the uh, drugs in the, in the trunk of our car, and we thought we were the beginning and the end, literally. We had money. We were the life of the party. We got invited everywhere. I got arrested, and I got sent to... Uh, one year in jail but, jail, but after a couple months since I was a first-time offender and there was no violence, they sent me like to a, a drug a rehab for a year and I learned the 12 steps by memory and I learned some good things. And when I was in there, it was like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, 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 and you know, sort of save yourself. And, and I was doing good, but I got out and went right back to it. In a short time, I was arrested for selling drugs again. And the judge back then in 1979 the end of the 1970s, wanted to make an example of these young white boys that were selling drugs in the colleges and the university, and he sentenced me to over nine years in a federal penitentiary for interstate transport. I felt like my world had ended. But even then, the, the Holy Spirit 
was moving, my mom would stuff chapters ripped out of testimony books that she would get, and she'd fold the chapter up and put it in an envelope, and everybody's there once a week for mail call, Stevenson, and I'd open it up, and oh, Mo! But I kept doing, what I, in prison, I kept doing what I was doing. I remember a time when I'd probably been in prison two and a half years, and that particular day I was with a buddy, and he had some drugs, and we were running in, in, within prison into the same lifestyle, and somebody said, there's girls in the gymnasium. This is a big federal prison with 3,000 men. Girls in the gymnasium, and the guy said, let's go, let's go. And the place was packed out, and we got in. There was a gospel group singing. <laughs> Never forget it. Hundreds of men, gospel group. I'm in the back with my buddy. He's got the drugs. And, and they're singing uh, gospel songs. It's beautiful. And a man, one of the men takes the microphone and starts to preach the gospel. And then he gives, an all, he gives a call for anybody. Who, You're away from God. Come. You've been running from God. Come. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I looked at my friend and there was tears on his eyes. This was a rough guy. And he says, come on, I'm going up there. Let's go up there. And I said, no, no, no. We got I ran out. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. That's the conviction. That's where it starts. Thank God that when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus said he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. There's a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I pray for that even today. <laughs> the conviction of the Holy Spirit brings us hope. But the Holy Spirit can be resisted. The Holy Spirit speaks when we're saying, Holy Spirit, come, and we're going to pray that today for everybody that wants it, uh, wants a touch. It's not, we're looking not for something. We're not looking for it. We're looking for somebody. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit calls us. The Holy Spirit sends us. The Holy Spirit strengthens us. The Holy Spirit nos anima. There goes the Spanish again. <laughs> The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. As I already said, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and through us when we don't know how to pray, how we're supposed to pray. The Holy Spirit is God. The Bible teaches clearly that the Holy Spirit is God. So we're praying, Holy Spirit, come, it's somebody. Whew. Oh, I don't know, the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to me. Get this book, open this book and say, Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. <laughs> and if nothing happens the first day, do it another day. If nothing happens that day, do it the third day. And I guarantee you, do it early in the morning. <laughs> Open this book. <laughs> Say, God, speak to me. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. And then he'll begin to tell you that you are a daughter of God, that you are a son of God. But it starts with the Holy Spirit convicting us. It's like when the, we say, Holy Spirit, come. It's like all these lights that are on me right now. Even a whole lot more. It's like a stadium. When they turn the stadium lights on, boom. But the lights are not on. The, the lights are on Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will glorify me, Jesus said. That's the first work of the Holy Spirit. And then there's that beautiful work that did happen to me in prison too. Born again of the Spirit. Jesus said, if you're not born of the Spirit, you can't even see the kingdom of God. Anyone who's not born of the Spirit. It's a beautiful work. Born again. Everything's changed. My sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. 
I was born again in, a, in, in the hole. I was after three years in prison and, and some months I was placed for like the second or third time in the hole, a disciplinary uh, measure that they take in the prison. But in the hole where I was, I was in disciplinary transfer from one prison. They took me from Virginia and in a county jail in Fayette County, Kentucky. Before they sent me to Atlanta Penitentiary, somebody had left a good news New Testament in the cell. And uh, some days went by before I picked up the New Testament. But the Holy Spirit, the conviction, the mom's prayers, conviction of the Holy Spirit. I took that Bible up, and with the light shining in at night from the cell, I was in the cell alone, fortunately, I got, I got on my knees, and I said, God, if you're real, if you exist, Lord, change my life. The, the conviction of the Holy Spirit led me to be born of the Spirit. And it was a change. The very next morning, everybody's shouting profanities at the guard and at each other. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, this is not right. There's a change in me right away. I remember a few days went by, and there's, in, in prison, there's a, and, and excuse this, but it's real, uh, there's cutouts from magazines. We'll just leave it like that because I'm, and, and, and the first thing, I, the cutouts from the magazines that were around, pasted on the wall with toothpaste because you don't really have scotch tape. I, I took them off. And the guy in the cell next to me, he said, what are you doing? You don't want those girls? Give them to me. <laughs> and I did give them to him. It's a Puerto Rican guy. But that, that's, how, that's how it is to be born again of the Spirit. And then when I got transferred to another prison, I was on quarantine for about 30 days as you get transferred to a prison, but I'd been in prison now over three years. And when you come out at the, I was in Danbury Federal Penitentiary now, all the way from Atlanta to Danbury, and it was a rougher prison, higher security, because it was disciplinary measures, but I was, even though they took me with a chain around my waist and handcuffs on my hands the whole trip up to Danbury, I was free. I was born again in the Spirit. And I knew I was born again in the Spirit. <laughs> But when I got to Danbury, after 30 days, I come out to the chow hall, and this is a moment. I mean, you just don't sit where you want to sit. I don't even think you sit where you want to sit in a high school classroom anymore. You got to be with, like, the right crowd. And I see two guys fervently praying over their trays of food. So I walk over, and they didn't see me, and they're praying, praying. They look up, and they said, and, and I said, you guys are praying? And I said, can I sit here? And they said, are you born again? That's the first time in my life I ever said, yeah, I'm born again. <laughs> first time I ever said it. And they discipled me. And when they heard my experience, they were glad. One guy was a pastor's son who had backslide and ended up in prison, African-American brother Leonard Fields. He was my pastor. And he said, uh, he said but he said, Robert, there's, there's more. There's still more. <laughs> he told me there's still more. <laughs> You're born of the Spirit, but there's still more. And that's what I want to talk about today. There's still more. There's still more. You, were, you made a commitment to Christ in your, in your youth group. You made a commitment to Christ in Sunday school. Praise the Lord in a camp meeting. But let me tell you, there's still more with the Holy Spirit. There's still more with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it too. Jesus said it uh, in, in Luke 24. I'll just quote him. I know him in Spanish and I can flip him back to English. He said, he said, Terry. And that's what they told me in prison. These, these guys were sort of old school. And he said, you need to tarry. You need to tarry for the Holy Spirit. There's still more. And I wanted, I was hungry. I, I, you know, I knew I'd had a work of God in my life, but I was hungry. 
Anyone, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, Jesus said, speaking of the Holy Spirit. It'll be like rivers of water flowing out. In Luke, he said, Terry, he said, wait here in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power on, from on high. You're dressed with the power. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, before Jesus went back to heaven with the promise that this same Jesus, you've seen him go, he will return. The angels, but before that, Jesus said, wait for the promise of my father. He said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days. And he said, wait. And you know the story in the book of Acts, 120. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. The women were there too. And they were waiting for the promise of the father. How many know that your boyfriend might have promised you something and then he took your name off of Facebook the next week. <laughs> How many might know that people can promise you things with good intentions and they can't fulfill it? <laughs> but the promises of God are all yes. <laughs> They're all yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. And this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's what they were telling me in prison. Wait for the promise of the Father. And, 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 and some weeks went by and months and and, and, and I, I, I was born again, but I started to realize I, I hit that cycle where, 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 where I'd sin. But now it wasn't like I was practicing sin, but I would sin. And then the guilt would come on. And sometimes I, I wouldn't even want to go to the, the Bible studies. And, and then I'd repent. I'd read the word and I'd repent. And praise the Lord. He'd forgive me. And then again, I'd, I'd sin. And then the guilt, and it was like a cycle. <laughs> it was going on in my life. But Leonard Field said, there's still more, brother. There's still more. <laughs> and Leonard and I did a fast. And when I got the word about fast, I didn't know what a fast was. I'd been a Christian about 10 months. But now I knew, you know, that Genesis was in the beginning and the book of Philippians was here in the New Testament. And I had a general. We'd memorized a few Psalms and they gave us some discipleship. But I didn't know what fasting was. Ever happened to you that you've read the Bible for a lot of years and then you see something said, I never saw that before. And he says, yeah, we're going to fast, brother. Three days and three nights without food and water. I fast as a missionary. My wife fast. I have never since then done three days and three nights without food and water. <laughs> a total fast. The Lord would have to lead you on this. This is my testimony. Every day during chow hall, we would meet in a certain place outside of the ba where the basketball court is or something. Leonard and I would meet. And it was on the third day of that fast. And I was saying, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to know you. Jesus, I want your plan for my life. And I'm praying. And I've, the Holy Spirit, it was, a, it was definitely a crisis for me. The Holy Spirit came upon me. And it just like it said, it was like come from the inside. And I was praising the Lord and I knew something was happening. I felt the closeness of Jesus Christ to me. Leonard came. He got there a little late for the meeting. He said, Robert, you're speaking Chinese. I, I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> Lord did a lot in me and a really, really boom, 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 boom. But the main thing that happened, after that, there was a holy boldness in me. Before that experience, I had been going to Bible studies with Chuck Colson's Christian Fellowship. I, he was just starting. I even met the man. Now I know he's a famous author and he just, you know, he came in to see how prison fellowship was doing in Danbury Federal Penitentiary and there was like eight men in the Bible study. He took my testimony, wrote in one of his magazines. And, and I was glad to go to the Bible studies. But when I would go to the Bible studies, I would stick my Bible up over my prison sweatshirt. 
Hey, Rob, where you going? I'm just going over there, hang out. I'm going to go lift some weights, you know. And I was going to the Bible study. This is seriously. But, you know, I didn't want people to mock me like they talked to my friend, uh, the Leonard Fields and some of the other ones that were more zealous for God. After I got touched and baptized by the Holy Spirit that day, I'd go to the Bible study like this. I was waiting for somebody to say, well, I'm going to Bible study. You want to come with me? Because there's power. <laughs> there's power. <sighs> there's still more. There's still more. People want to break out of that cycle. Break out of the cycle. The Holy Spirit will come upon our life. Let's go back to Ephesians, where we started. Ephesians 5. He promised to send the helper. And when we pray today, in the book, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, how many were there? How many were gathered? Guess. 120. Well, the pastor, that didn't even count. That did not even count, the pastor. <laughs> 120 were there. How many were filled? Somebody say 120 on this side. 120. 120 out of 120. When we're going to do this prayer in a few minutes, you might be in the part where you're under that, like I was. You, you feel like your life is just a waste, and, and it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only speaks, guides, leads, comforts, strengthens, <laughs> the Holy Spirit can be resisted. We can make the Holy Spirit sad. Just don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God because he sealed us. We can make the Holy Spirit sad by continually hurting our wife's feelings. We can walk out the door. We can make the Holy Spirit sad. We can make decisions about what we watch on Netflix. Or when we see it, we don't cut it off. And we can make the Holy Spirit sad. How do you become holy? The Holy Spirit. But on that day, it was 120 out of 120. Hmm. You don't get it. It's not like in the meat store in Mexico where you had to grab a little number to get, get them to get your cut of meat for you in the butcher shop. And then you have to wait there on the sidewalk until, you know, they call your number. Number 17. I do that for the prayer today, Pastor Elijah. No, 120 out of 120 is not a lottery. Let's go back to Ephesians 5.18. I love this verse. The contrast between being drunk in the spirit, being high on marijuana, or, or being high on anything, and, 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 and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, the, what I said about what I was getting tired of, breaking that cycle of sin and guilt, and guilt and sin, and, and, and coming back. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning, let me tell you that. They are. But there's, there's something else. Jesus came and he said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's what we're talking about in this part of the Holy Spirit filling us up. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, what's that list say? I'm in, I'm in Ephesians. They took my clock off. I just have the title on. That's good. When you take the clock off, that means I can just keep going, right? <laughs> we have the clock also in our church. We have four services. We have to have the clock. Um, now I lost my place. Oh, 1 Corinthians 6, I thought of. It says, some of you were unrighteous, fornicators. You know that verse? Adulterers, thieves, homosexuals, sodomites. I said, no, 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 man. But then it says, you were blasphemers. You were malicious. You were, uh, the way you speak, you were extortioners. And there's a whole list of, it says, this is what you were. Most of us, if we're honest, could find ourselves in that list. <laughs> 
1 Corinthians chapter 6. And Paul then says, such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were washed and you were sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God does a sanctifying work in our life. He changes, he breaks those sin cycles in our life. But now I'm in Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine. And there's a Spanish version that says, don't be drunk with wine because there's no breaks. I think that's sort of my, what it was. I haven't checked the original Greek, but in the original Spanish version, it says it's desenfreno. That's no breaks, right? Help me out there, Ron. No breaks, but it says, but be filled with the Spirit. This word here is, but be continuously being filled with the Spirit. Be continuously being filled with the Spirit. And in verses 19 and 20, and even 21, are dependent. They're like a result or a consequence of being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. These are results of being baptized, of being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't want to come as a guest preacher in a church and, 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 and disrespect or offend anybody, but there's people that could say, oh, yeah, you know, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in a camp meeting back, you know, back in 1972. It's like, I don't need anything else. You know, I had that experience, you know, back when I was in high school, when I was 18 years old. <laughs> And now, you know, 20 years have gone by and there's no joy. (laughs) And there's no making melody in your heart. There's no new song. There's no serving the Lord. There's no fresh testimony. A guy was on a wheelchair in the lane. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about the Good Samaritan story. So I parked the car and I went back. (laughs) There's a freshness in the Spirit. Can I get my water there, Bonnie? I forgot to bring it up. Thank you. We have a water business. We have a well. The Holy Spirit flows, needs to flow continually through our lives. Two weeks ago, I was in Spain, in the north of Spain. We have missionaries that I hadn't seen for three and a half years. Spain is a difficult mission field, but there's been breakthroughs. And it was a blessing to see not as many people as here in Foundry. And he's been there seven years, seven and a half years. But he had about 50 people out on a Sunday morning. And on Monday, he took us out to the North Sea. The beaches there aren't beaches. There's no sand. They're rocky cliffs. The whole north coast of Spain is rocky cliffs, but there's one place with a Rio Duero. The river flows into the sea, and we're standing there up on the cliff, and the waves are banging so hard against the rocks, like 20 feet down, that some of them are coming up and splashing us. And the river at that point, as the mouth of the river comes out, is incredible coming in. That's how the Holy Spirit should be in our lives. (laughs) Like an ever-flowing river, like the waves of the mighty sea. The Holy Spirit, day by day, in our lives, filling us up, filling us up, filling us up. You wouldn't see this in my bottle of water that I got this morning. Born natural, Ozarks. That's Oklahoma, right? It's good water. But there's a, there's a leak. Oh, sorry. It's been there the whole time. Now, now that I did it, it starts to leak a little bit. 
Jesus, you going to you baptized yet? <laughs> this really is what happens when we don't when we make those bad decisions. The Bible says about Samson that I mean he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was literally clothed with the Holy Spirit time and time again. The Spirit of Jehovah, the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson. But he made some really bad decisions, feeding his own desires and his own flesh. And the Bible says this is a sad verse, a sad verse in a sad book. Shh. I woke everybody up. Over. <laughs> I need to do it on young people, older people. Like, oh, you shouldn't do that in church. <laughs> Samson, the Bible says, he did not know when the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. I don't want that to happen to me. So there's a lot that I've talked about, the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. There's that conviction. Don't resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God was good to me. I resisted several times, moments. And I believe with all my heart, it was a church and mother's prayer that kept me from going into the pits of hell for all eternity that I resisted the Holy Spirit. You can even blaspheme, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And then there's that being born again. I don't know. There might be the advantage of being a guest preacher is I don't know your heart, but God does. There might be somebody here that's never been born again. We want you to be born again of the Spirit of God today. <laughs> we want you to pass from darkness to light, from confusion to, to purpose in your life today. And then there might be others that are where I was at in that year. There you're born of the Spirit, but you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Samaria, there was a big revival, and those Samaritans were getting saved, and God was using Philip, and there was deliverance from demons, and there was healings and salvation. But in Jerusalem, it says Peter and John heard that they'd received the word of God, but they hurried up and caught a bus or a plane or a camel to Samaria. And when they got there, they laid hands on them because they had not yet received the Holy Spirit in the sense of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot here today. But I think a lot of this prayer we're going to do today, Pastor, is those who have been filled who know what I'm talking about. But the, it just goes out. Don't even realize it, do you? And it's not like a, the Holy Spirit. It's not like a switch. You can turn off and off. When the temptation comes, oh, I've been praying. Where's my Bible? I'm in the foundry. I went two weeks ago. Where's the switch? I need the Holy Spirit now to help me and strengthen me. Deliver me. There's no switch. It's a lifestyle. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. There's the joy of the Holy Spirit. There's still a little bit left. Praise the Lord. So let's, let's, let's stand up. If the worship team could come.